Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chef's Meal, where we talk about whatever and never and everything else in between. Check, check. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us on another episode of the Chef's Meal today. Very special. Cause actually, we're gonna we're gonna party today. I didn't realize we're gonna have two people on the show with me today. Uh, we have JJ Outlaw from the Gourmet Goober. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going? Hey, 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 hey. So <laughs> we we actually planned this uh, for for a bit now, and I'm excited because you guys are foodies. Yes. And I am um, <laughs> I am all about it. I work in the industry, so I'm always curious about what people eat. So we're, I think we're going to have a good time here. Oh, it sounds great. Um, and again, yeah. thank you for having us on, Katie. Oh, thank surprised. you so much. <laughs> no, I, I truly appreciate it. Now, if you guys don't mind, can you just tell everyone why you guys started the podcast and why the Gourmet Goober? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can speak to that. And I'm JJ Outlaw, by the way, and I'm here with my hubby and podcast co-host, T. Outlaw. I am T. Outlaw. <laughs> and we are um, co-hosts for the Gourmet Goober. Everyone always asks about the name. Um, the Gourmet Goober actually was a nickname that was given to me by my father um, years ago. Oh. He, he's the one who taught me how to cook. And he um, and I, we would, you know, make breakfast every Saturday and Sunday morning. And whenever it was my turn, it was, I'm the oldest of four. He would say, you know, the Gourmet Goober is joining me in the kitchen. So that was the sort of his nickname that he had for me and it stuck. And so when I started the blog, which preceded the podcast, the blog, um, The Gourmet Goober, it was intentionally just kind of like a food diary, foodie diary, because mm. my husband and I, when we first got married, we live in Chicago and we relocated just across the border to Northwest Indiana, um, which is part of Chicagoland, even though it's in Indiana, it's sort of a weird space that um, is hilariously known as the region. <laughs> yeah, we're the region. Yes. So got when it, we officially it. became region rats, as they call the people who live here, oh. <laughs> all of my foodie friends in Chicago are like, oh, my God, what's what's over there? Are, are you going to have to, like, road trip back in order to find great places to eat? And the answer is no. There are a lot of cool underground places that we found. And so I first started blogging about it. And eventually we got invited to, like, Food Fest and we were on TV and I used to be... Um, I, I used to lead um, food crawls through a company called Dish Crawl. They saw my blog and they hired me to do it. Oh, wow. So it was kind of a cool time. But eventually, as sometimes happened, you know, you get a day job and where you can't dedicate as much time to it as you want anymore. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to let the brand go. And we really had a good time. So we transitioned the blog um, maybe about um, past two, what, two, three months? Yeah, within the last two to three months. Yeah, we transitioned it into a podcast. And oh wow, so this is like new, new. Yeah, this is like new, oh, new. Wow. But the Gourmet Goober has been around for six years. But got yeah, it, got it, got it. We we totally love podcasting because it kind of gives us an opportunity just to um, chat every week. We share the best thing we ate, so we introduce people to restaurants in the area that they may not know about. And yeah, we just talk about everything from food to pop culture, and we just have fun with it. Yeah, we basically are, it's basically our little weekend, like, you know, hang out, something to do, as long as we don't argue with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which sometimes happens. That's usually when he, like, still cinnamon rolls, and we usually it's on the podcast, too. So. Hey, yeah, basically, hey. this is keeping me from cinnamon rolls right now. <laughs> you got to make sure you share them cinnamon rolls. No, I, I totally get it. 
exactly. my wife actually yells at me when I when I partake on our food, which we actually share. And I keep telling her, I was like, babe, we're eating to eat like an experience. This is not just your plate. Like we're we're ordering like five things so we can all try it. But she gets all possessive and exactly. it's a whole thing. But, you know. That's okay. I'm possessive also. <laughs> You know, it's funny you said that. We actually talked about that on a recent podcast, the whole idea of community fries. (laughs) Oh, community fries. All right. It's a community experience. You share and share alike. But, you know, Big Daddy and I, we've been together for 20 years. We met in college. So, 26 years. 26 years now? Oh, my gosh. That's right. Yeah. Insane. My wife and I are, uh, we're newlyweds, let's just say. Oh, uh, congrats. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. We are, uh, been together for four, married for one. So it's pretty, it's pretty surreal right now. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we just celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary. Um, we've been together for 20 and we've been best friends for 26 years. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we met in college actually our freshman year. Even though I don't remember nice. our first time meeting. Yeah, he doesn't remember how he met me. <laughs> Was it over food? Actually, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Did it involve cinnamon rolls? It did not, but it was actually pretty funny because in a nutshell, we were Ben and Jerry's. It it? involved Ben and Jerry's ice cream. We were eating with wingmen when our roommates went on a date and we wound up marrying each other. Hey, I mean, it's okay. It's it's fate, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, but that's the fun thing about it. Like, I don't remember a single second of it. <laughs> but when we said this wing person, like, to, we were just helping them, you know, get a nice little dating experience. And basically, we were so busy in the back arguing about basketball. That's right. We did get into an argument the first time. We yeah. <laughs> that's all I was told. Was like, yeah, we basically got into an argument about basketball. We couldn't stand each other for the next six months. Yeah, and I, I remember oh, wow. that because I said that I would never talk to you again, and it turns out I wound up being his RA in college. So. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> it was destined to be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, take me through the experience of a blog, because I've never actually spoken to a blog person. Is it because I, I understand the whole concept of it, you're putting your thoughts into paper per se. Give me like... Give me like a rundown on how you would schedule, I want to say, a a post, a blog post. Well, yeah, um, I know that when I started the blog and it was just supposed to be just a random like here, here's a recipe that I really like doing. And eventually, as we picked up readers, you know, we became more um, in our case, we became more intentional with our posts. So Uh I tried to. The whole purpose of my blog is I wanted just to share our section of Chicagoland, if you will. Um, so oftentimes I would try to equally divide it between content that was original that, you know, recipes that I've shared. And I shared some personal recipes like my um, Aunt Werner's chicken and waffles. Um, and then I would go out into the community and I would just introduce myself and say, hey, I really like your establishment. Do you mind if I take some mm. pictures and just talk about your restaurants? Um, for us, we were only passionate about sharing things that we really love. Um, so, you know, I know some blogs, they do reviews of restaurants and things like that. We try to shy away from that because our whole purpose is we wanted just to showcase the best of the area. Because from where we live, um, Northwest Indiana is not really known for their cuisine. Um, mm. And 
eventually when we started um, doing food events in Chicago and in Indiana, where basically we were hired to organize pretty much a food crawl where there are three or four restaurants um, that we um, hand selected and recreated a dining experience for people where they would uh, maybe have like some appetizers and some few key food items that, you know, three of the restaurants, the last one being a dessert on the crawl, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. As we became better well known, we tried to integrate those personal experiences, walking people through what it was like to, you know, schedule the food blog and um, so things like that. I, I know our blogging experience is probably not the norm because um, even though we shared personal experiences and things like that, I really wanted to stick to more of the food aspect of it because my whole feeling is I wanted people just to step in and discover places that they would normally never see. Got it. Yeah, and that's the thing because basically around <clears throat> Chicago, you know, Chicago is a hub for great cuisine. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of blogs and podcasts really around the Chicago area that I've come across that talk about all the great restaurants and holes in the wall. But yeah, yeah, at yeah. the same time, the blog post became more about kind of the unseen, unspoken about little places, whether it be in, let's say, downtown Chicago, the western suburbs, um, near the airports, and especially as we became regionites or region rats, going somewhere, you know, that no one else really goes to. Right. And we were really fortunate. And my husband, he grew up around this region. So um, there are a lot of places that even though he was born a racer, he didn't even know about, you know. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of a really cool experience to share together and just kind of discover a place that he thought he knew, you know, again, if you will. It's it's all about it's all about the small things. I, I like to say, and uh, to attest to that, um, I want to say maybe four years ago now, maybe five years ago. Are you guys familiar with the Michelin Standard, the Michelin Stars? Yes, yes. yes. You guys have heard of it? Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's a prestigious kind of title once you get a star because you can then charge a specific amount per plate for your diners, right? But their criteria is so not picky but it's just so thin that um, not a lot of people can get into it and they often overlook the most crucial of all aspects of cooking and that is repeat customers and just making sure it's consistent every day exactly so four years ago there was a uh, a little stall and I i'm telling you this is the first of its kind a stall in thailand or Th uh, yeah in thailand finally got a michelin star it's in its first kind only for the sole purpose that his chicken is so damn good people line up every day and he's out he sells out every day nice <laughs> that should be uh that should be a requirement not just the fancy platings not just the, the little dots the little circles that i call bull crap on the plate everyone can make that it's it's the selling out every day the the, the single thing that you're doing correctly and consistency that should be like their main priority and people would have a crap ton more michelin stars if they actually looked so now all eyes on the michelin people right now because it's kind of they have these blinders on per se because they're little snubs you know right and you know so i have 
I appreciate you guys looking for the small gems, let's say. Yeah. And you know what? That I, I really love that story because I think that's the heart of what we were trying to do with the Gourmet Goober and even now with the podcast um, because there are a lot of overlooked restaurants, a lot of places maybe we've overlooked because of the communities that they're in. Um, like, for example, I'll give you an example. Um, we live in Northwest Indiana near um, the city of Gary. And mm -hmm. Gary is everyone is maybe have heard about it is unfortunately an economically depressed area because of, you know, the closure of the steel mills. Um, unfortunately, as often is the case, whenever communities are hit that hard economically, um, it affects the population. And so it's went through a period of adjustment. So when you think of Gary, Indiana, you never really think of food. But there are lots of really cool places that we found in the heart of Gary that people would never know about. Like, for example, there's this place called Z's Donuts um, and Shakes. And they make, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not even kidding, like these milkshakes and sundaes that are taller than your head. Yeah, some of them are like, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're almost like, you know, a foot and a half tall. Just. Yes. I mean, just crazy creations with like whole slices of cheesecake on top and oh stuff goodness. that you would never imagine. And it's just right here. Um, there's another place um, that's Jay's Breakfast Club that I swear makes the best chicken and waffles you will ever put in your mouth. And there there's just random people that just show up out of the blue. And you can always tell on like a Saturday and Sunday because they're always full to the brim. And it's just yeah. one of those places that you hear about from word of mouth. And it's, I, I really love that because you get to know the, the people who run the restaurant and why they really get involved with it. And my whole thought about the Gourmet Goover is I wanted to highlight places and give voices to people in the culinary industry that are usually ignored. Because I think yeah. that, like you said, those are little gems. Those are people who do it for the love of cooking, who are really passionate about what they're doing. In the case of Jay's Breakfast Club, her chicken and waffle recipe is stuff that she learned from her mother and got passed down to her. Yeah. So to be able to highlight and uplift these places and be able to give um, these spaces of voice, it's right. <clears throat> it's really important to us. That's why um, we end every podcast with what's the best thing we ate every week. And we share um, places that are not exactly on everyone's map, but really places that people should get to know. Yeah. And some of them aren't even yeah. places. You know, they're just things that random creations that show up, a, you know, on a plate. And yes. we're just like, okay, this is the best thing I ate this week. Hands down, and we're you know we're good with it. <laughs> no, that is uh, that's absolutely awesome. I, I appreciate you guys actually you know searching out the gems because yeah we can always get to the popular ones, but to actually find something and you're like oh my god this is like the best thing ever. Why isn't anybody talking exactly. about this? Let's talk about it. Yeah, the best thing. So I'm all I'm like all for, the, for me personally. The best thing I have in my life is the gourmet goober. Aww. That being my wife. is specifically for this reason. <laughs> I am the most, nor like, I don't want to say normal, but I am the most stringent, like, non-well-adjusted. Like, I eat very few foods <laughs> outside of, like, you know, the main meat, potatoes, 
barely vegetables. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is that through this entire marriage, <laughs> it has become the gourmet goobers, my wife, her mission to like have me try new things. And I am the literal yeah. like Mikey in the commercial type person. <laughs> and it's her, it's her mission throughout this entire process to like branch out <laughs> and try new things, to go to new places, to encumber myself up on new foods. And some things I like, some things I will run away from screaming. <laughs> but this whole process for me has been like the education. That Aww. wasn't even promoted. That I, so, I, I didn't even encourage that you to so do that. Sweet. That's so cute. I didn't know he was going to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you took your cinnamon exactly. roll earlier. That's why. Well, yes. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some a little bit of food, if yeah. you guys don't mind. So, like I said, I'm always curious about what people eat. As a chef, I'm always intrigued on how people eat, what they put into their bodies, and if they actually know exactly what the hell they're putting into their bodies so i i always ask these this the same kind of questions but everyone kind of gives the whole different feel to it so if you guys yeah, don't mind yeah, no worries. No. what do you absolutely refuse to eat oh my goodness sushi i don't <laughs> which what? is funny because i love sushi but to be fair my husband's actually allergic to seafood so there's the reason behind that oh no <laughs> he still eats shrimp though but... so you you can't come to my restaurant then. <laughs> but gosh, what is it that I absolutely see? The thing is, you know, if you've asked me that question when I was younger, I would say straight up vegetables. But now, as my husband can tell you, and he's talked about me on the podcast many times, I get way too excited over broccoli. <laughs> that is no longer a problem for me. Um, you know what? Okay. I, I actually know. Um or Remember I told you the story about the pickled pig feet, Thomas? Yes. Yes. Pickled pig feet is probably, <laughs> I had a very bad experience that ended with me fainting, trying to pickle pig feet. <laughs> wow. So I'll, I'll probably put that on the list, but yeah, I'm pretty adventurous. I, I can't really think of a lot of things I won't at least try. There you go. At least, as, as at least yeah. you're trying, right? It's, it, it becomes an experience and that's always a good thing. Uh, because sushi in itself is daunting. And if you're allergic, yeah, don't eat it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good look. You no, no, we, we want to keep them but, around, you know. <laughs> yeah. But sushi, the whole, I think the whole purpose of why we kind of did it back in so long ago, it was a f cheap form of food, if, you, if right. you think about it. Before it became this whole thing that people kind of revere as, you know, oh, my God, we're paying $80 for like four things of sushi. Um back then it's just seasoned rice a little wasabi and your piece of fish right. on top of it it should be like a one bite kind of thing and uh sushi sushi for me is uh it's up there i, lo I love sushi o only because i'm asian so it, it runs through my blood anything I, I pretty much eat everything raw especially in terms of fish now uh, the most disgusting thing you guys have eaten frog legs <laughs> And I think it was just the way I was prepared, but the two times I have had frog legs in my life, I ran away screaming. But <laughs> there's also something that, once again, the gourmet goober wife and her entire family have run me out of houses about <laughs> is the fact that I am probably the only person on this given earth 
who absolutely positively hates macaroni and cheese. Yes. Really? I hate it. Cannot digest it. Does not work in my stomach. I, I'm. I, yeah, that's that's sort of. Is it because? <laughs> is it texture? Yeah. Is it taste? You never explained that to me. Why? I'm curious some, too. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Some of it is is some part of it is texture. Part of it is, um, just at a certain point in life, I developed. Uh, uh, intolerance to like certain like cheeses, actually a lot of cheese. If I eat a lot of cheese and in combination with the noodles, I absolutely like it. Just my body just will not take it in well, and I just get sick. But at the same time, mm. I like to go out and grill and smoke things. Oh my god! And I have no problem at all cooking for this entire family a thing like a big vat. Of, of smoked, smoked mac and cheese. cheese. With oh, yeah. That sounds <laughs> yeah. great. I will smoke the living sand out of it, but at the same time, will not eat it. Huh. Most wow. disgusting thing I've ever eaten. Well, I don't even... Yeah, the most disgusting thing. It's a it's a hard yeah, question because I feel like you, you and I kind of do the same thing. We eat yeah. everything. So just, yeah, just Actually, think about it. Actually, I have an answer, but I, I have to like preface this because... I'm actually friends with the person. Oh, oh good lord! Okay, we'll leave that on a second. We'll I leave that on a, on a private, me. on a private question. It, okay, all right. And this person actually is a really great friend, and she's an amazing chap, and she actually is a chef. And but it was it was the chicken and waffles that she made, and it was just oh. kind of weird. With it was, um. It was a dish that she was trying out and she wanted my opinion and I really love her and maybe I should have been more honest, but like, <laughs> but she made like this chicken and waffle, but it was like with tempura breading instead of regular breading. And the way the tempura breading was, it was kind of like, it wasn't crunchy or it was kind of like soggy. It, it didn't come out mm-hmm. very well at all, shall we say? No, it was taken a totally different direction. It, I will say that. And and I give her credit because she was trying to be creative with it, but it was not <laughs> She got creative. Yes she did. <laughs> Let's just say it <laughs> got creative. Uh, although I like create creativity in cooking. Um I'm my and maybe part of it is because of the fact my mother is from the South. And so a lot of the recipes I know how to make are southern based. So I know what mm. I look for in certain things, like for example, I my favorite thing to make is um, chicken andouille gumbo, and so I'm very precise on Ew. what I put in it and how I prepare the roux and all of that stuff. Yes. So child. when something is yes. off, it's a little odd. So let's just say that the chicken and waffle made with the tempura did not turn out the way she had wanted it to. Yeah, there's a difference between. And experiment. I say that with love. Exactly. There's <laughs> definitely a difference between. There's nothing wrong with experimenting. Experimenting is fine, but there's a pure difference between experiments and manslaughter. It's just, <laughs> it was so raw. Oh my gosh, I would just say, look, I, I called, and I've blogged about this before, um, and I believe that people are too hung up when they cook about perfection, and I always call them happy accidents, because yeah. there's something that you can easily turn it into something else. Like if you overcook, 
you know, a pork dish one time, I turned it into pork fried rice or things like that. I mean, there's always something you can do. So this is a happy accident that could not be reversed, <laughs> as I'd like to say in the kitchen. And sometimes mm. that happens, and that's okay. Torture food. Got it. Wow. Well, mine is uh, mine is okra. I cannot you know stand what? okra. Okra and gumbo. Like you, I cannot make gumbo without okra. And my mother makes a good fried okra. Just okra on its own, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess it depends how it's prepared. I mean, it's kind of slimy and, you know, yeah. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> disgusting. That's, Wait, that's I what okra is. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm actually going to jump on the gourmet goober here and just say that one of the things that she absolutely could not stand for a long time was the concept of your typical deli lunch meat bologna. And I stand, she just oh, could not yeah. deal with bologna. Okay. But here's the thing. That's she actually, thing. she actually, if you want to take it from here, she actually uh, adapted and made a happy accident, as she will, and made it her own. Oh, is that when I discovered Bordadella? Yes. Which is, it's like an Italian bologna, but it has like a higher fat content. So mm-hmm. more like if you render it, if you fry it mm-hmm. or something, it's it's has a much more nuance in its taste because they have different spices in it. So yeah, now that I think about it, yeah. bologna, I cannot stand bologna. <laughs> I think it's more texture now that I'm, now that I'm kind of hearing exactly how you're eating, but a, a, a long time ago, and I want to say, Oh my God, like 20 some odd years ago, my grandmother. And I always, I always would like to share this because I think people should not serve this to their children ever. And I okay. want to make a clear point, right? My grandmother a long time ago made me okra soup. Oh. Like just I'm okras. Sorry, yeah. And <laughs> no, no, I know. And there is this thing back in our house. Uh, we're Asian household. So no matter what's placed in front of you, you have to eat it until it's finished. And if you didn't, it'll be there the next day. And then the next day after that. So for this one dish, and I want to kind of, take you guys to the experience that I was having my grandmother after I think it was like afternoon or something she gave me a meal she's like hey I have something new for you I'm like oh perfect I was just about to ask if I can make something with you she then proceeds to give me the soup I look at it and I'm like why is it not moving what is going on I took a spoon and then I'm like you know what I'm just gonna try it you know it's whatever I then partake on this beautiful soup and then soon after um in tears because i could not i could not process what that is it's just a bowl of goop and i look at my grandfather who's within um within earshot i was like law like can you can you help me here like i know we're supposed to eat everything but just can you just look at this so he he comes up he takes a look at it hits the table and he's like um what the hell is (laughs) that Now, my grandmother's in tears. She's like, I just wanted to make soup. There's this okra thing that was on sale. I'm like, but La, did you taste this? This is this is like yeah. snot. Like, what are you, what is going on? And so for that one rule that, that that's ironclad in the house, my grandfather said, you know what? We're not, we're wow. not going to eat that today. <laughs> so that's why I have PTSD <laughs> on okra. I can't do it. I will, however, eat it 
fried or in a gumbo if it's done proper, uh, perfectly or some kind of if you need you know um, a, a viscous something to to uh, to to make your broth a little thicker that's what that's what okra is that's right. what it's it's good for um, I am I'm totally fine with it in but just not oh my just goodness. by itself yeah my, it's my heart hurts hearing that story <laughs> so yeah, you know, I relive I relive that past every wow. time I tell it, but I think my point will get across the more people I it tell that. It should really that be a warning too. to everyone to not try to make a soup out of that. <laughs> <laughs> you are doing the Lord's work in sharing that story. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, do you guys have any allergies? Okay, I guess that should be the one to start this. <laughs> I I am I First and foremost, yes, I have a lactose intolerance, but that has never stopped me from like drinking milk and milkshakes and ice cream. One, but two, my <laughs> bigger allergy is. It was actually a funny way that I found this out is that I have this uh, allergy to iodine. This came up. Oh yeah, yeah, That's it was weird. just very weird. Like one day, I had to have a. Uh, what was an X-ray? Not an X-ray. No, you were taking an MRI. Yeah, I was taking an MRI, <laughs> and the lady was asking me like random yeah. questions about like different foods. I'm not sorry, different foods, but like, was there? I have mm-hmm. an allergy or something, or does something make me itch? And I say, yeah, every time like I eat fish or any kind of seafood, I get horrible itches, and it just kind of makes me like kind of mm-hmm. break out. And she was like, "So, do you have an iodine allergy?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And she went back in the back room and. Then said, "Yeah, um, the test is canceled. You're out." <laughs> and okay, I'm good. Meanwhile, <laughs> I didn't know this. So when we first got married, okay, let me just preface this by saying: <laughs> so <laughs> when he said his taste in food was really kind of basic, that is true. And and I remember when we first got married, um, I asked him what he wanted me to cook for him because I I happily do most of the cooking because I just love it. I just really relaxing and mm. he said what was it meat potatoes beans certain kinds of beans rice mm-hmm. like it was like a very basic list and i'm like i can't just eat that for the rest of my life so <laughs> i would just start making random stuff and i just and so i would make mm. scallop and fish and things like that and you know he would just eat it and so after that task came by and he i was waiting for him to finish the MRI and he goes, Yeah, the test is canceled. I'm like, why? Is there something wrong? And with the machine, he goes, No. I, I think I'm allergic to iodine because you know, fish just make me itch. And I'm like, all this time I thought you didn't like the taste of fish. No. no. <laughs> I'm like slowly killing you, making the scallops and stuff. <laughs> Maybe you should have shared that beforehand. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> but he didn't know. No. That's okay. You wouldn't yeah, you yeah, wouldn't know exactly. unless you've eaten it. You know, or have experienced. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> so yeah, definitely iodine for him. Um, me, I'm. I guess the only thing is I'm lactose intolerant, but I kind of power through that because you know ice cream is a beautiful thing, and I just ice cream is an amazing thing. Yeah. Did you guys actually know that ninety percent of humans, ninety percent, like the entire world, really? is lactose intolerant? Yeah, yeah, our our bodies cannot process lactose, or I'm um, more specifically, uh, cow milk. Yeah, yeah, because if you think about it, uh, human milk, like the mother's milk, is only supposed to be for her child because the child okay. needs nutrients to grow up. Much in the same likeness as the cow, uh, 
her milk is just supposed to be for her calf to grow. But, you know, since we've been processing everything else, uh, that milk we can now consume, but not a lot of people actually understand it. So, like, if you're getting a stomachache, like, oh, man, maybe I ate something wrong or maybe I ate something bad. But if you think about it, you maybe have right. eaten some milk or some kind of dairy and it's messing with your stomach. But... Um, yeah, that's a little fact knowledge for you guys. If you don't, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm all about the knowledge. No, I just I want to share it. everything. Yeah, like that I'm okra, you know. Again, doing don't the Lord's work and spreading that. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I guess I'm just, I'm just shocked by that because I guess it just came to me like so quickly, like when I was a teenager. Because I know I started off, or as I was told, like I rejected my mother's milk and I was bowel fed from the start, but I drank. I'm willing to say in my youth, a lot of milk. I mean, everybody else's milk. Mm. I have put away more milk than cows. <laughs> but yeah, just at a certain point, I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. I didn't realize that. And and to be fair, I still, yeah. uh, because I'm lactose intolerant, I've been um, um, just experimenting with different types of milk and making things non-dairy when I can, like, you know. Um, oat milk and almond yeah. milk are the two ones that I mainly use. But you know, sometimes you just got to have mm. that ultra premium ice cream. So you just suffer through that because, you oh, know, yes. life is too short to not have ice cream in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to the ice cream. I love ice cream. Ice cream is like my second food that I cannot just not have. You know, yes. somebody says ice cream, I'm like, yes, <laughs> let's do it. I will never say no. Like a really small percentage that I'll say no, but more than 99% of the time, I'll say yes to, to ice cream. Now, um, are you guys, have you guys ever tried uh vegetarian yes. diet or vegan <laughs> He's diet? He's going to laugh because this, we've actually talked about this recently because we tried to do at least one meatless um, Monday a week or at least one meatless meal. Um, yes. Actually, my day job, I work in nonprofit spaces and the last organization I worked with before coming to where I am now, um, it was a nonprofit social justice um, retreat center in sh the south side of Chicago. And they were all about um, educating people on the um, vegan meals and vegetarian meals and the importance of the environment and just how much resources, you know, mm. it takes in order to raise a head of cattle and things like that. So one of the things oh, yeah. that I'm really Absolutely. was grateful for the experience is I did a lot of vegetarian cooking for the guests and things like that, because that's all they serve. And so eventually that was one of the things that we decided to implement in our own diet behavior. So just one meal a week, just having something that's non-meat based. And it's been really, really a great experience, just kind of experimenting and seeing all the different things that are out there. Um, Big Daddy and I have a rule and he's looking at me and smiling because the rule is that I don't really tell him what's in it until later. <laughs> uh, as long as he doesn't uh, okay. know what it is Heard. at first, he's all good about it. And then there's been some things that we've made that you've really liked, like the um, the cauliflower, the buffalo um, chicken cauliflower. You really like that? And then we've been mm. experimenting with like beyond burger meat and things like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for it because I think it's really been a learning experience to know how much other um, societies really regard meat and its importance in its diet. 
And just take into account just the crazy amount of resources that goes into, you know, maintaining, um, you know, herd of cattle, for example. Yeah. Um, it's really shocking. Yep. So okay. I, I tell everyone all the time to just try one meatless meal a week if I can. Yeah. I, however, am the most carnivorous person. <laughs> amongst I literally <laughs> like a meat concept to me is like, it is the sun. Everything revolves around, like, if I make plain any dish, it revolves around meat. And the thing is, I don't, like, because I have coworkers that are, like, I know one that is vegan, one that is vegetarian, and they try to come to me with, like, different alternative uh, dishes to partake of. And some, you know, some of them I've, mm. I've sampled, and some of them were pretty decent. At the same time, I keep looking around like, where's the beef? Because that's the way I am. But at the same time, once again, this whole process to me has been about food education and trying things that are outside of my comfort space. And yes, that includes some dishes that are plant-based. I'm totally with you. My, my wife and I do what I call the 80-20 rule. Okay. So 80% plant-based. Okay. 20% everything else. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So we still we still partake on all the good stuff because one, I cannot have I cannot not have ice cream or pork. Those are my two favorite things in the whole world. Oh, you and, and I will likes, get around great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean my, my podcast name is Chef Salty Pork. Yes. Because one, I'm, I'm Asian, two, I'm Filipino, and pork is just our second kind of right hand, let's just say. Um, but it just kind of switching that method and eating more plant-based, it gives you, I don't know, I've been feeling a lot better lately and due to what I've been putting inside my body. So it's, you know, it, it, it's a good process to kind of think about in the long run, but I think you're in good hands though. Cause you know, JJ's a, JJ's <laughs> a trip altogether. So she's good. You know what, though? I have to say, when I was in graduate school many years ago, um, for a short spell, I was vegetarian, and it was more or less not so much worried about the health aspects of it, but because of the costs um, of meat and things like that when I was in school. Um, that said, you know, when we decided to move towards a one meatless meal, I was really impressed with all of the incredible um, expansion of vegetarian choices that's mm. out there. Um, not just, you know, well, keep in mind, I went to grad school in Mississippi. So finding things like tofu was an adventure in itself. <laughs> 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 so maybe the choices would have been bigger regardless. <laughs> but that said, um, yeah, it's more so today. I think it's really incredible that, you know, as more people realize that, you know, there are a lot of benefits to going more to a plant based diet, that there are a lot of resources that are available. So you don't just have to have the standard veggie burger, um, the black bean burger from, mm. I, I think it's Morningstar. Yep. Yeah, I lived off of that. Yeah, Morningstar. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I lived off of that as a grad student for many, many years. So I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> so to go towards that towards, you know, the impossible burger and some of the choices that they have that experimenting with C10 and Soy um, chorizo. Yeah, soy chorizo. Oh my gosh. We that's like Ooh. a staple in our house. Um, so we use that a lot. Or the Jack Monk fruit um as a way to kind of substitute for pork and pulled pork. 
So yeah, there's just a ton of resources that are available now um, that wasn't available even 10, 15 years ago. So yeah, it's, it's awesome to have these choices now. And it makes it easier to make those type of decisions. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Really because I'm, I've come to this whole process kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually imagine that. Like, oh no, not again! I don't want a tofu burger. Trust me, when you know we have meatless Monday, and then on Tuesday I feast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't say anything if it's like, okay, we're just having meat on top of meat today. Okay, oh, I get it. Goodness. Just slip in a vegetable and I'm fine. <laughs> Just put a broccoli in there. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, all right. Now, I only got a couple more questions for you guys. Sure. But um, can you guys name me, Let's. I don't want to make it too difficult of a question, but let's say um, give me two dishes that have resounded with you guys this current week or last week from places that you've dined. Hmm. That's a good question. Do you know what you're... Two dishes. Is it two dishes? Hmm. Or just one dish? If you guys can remember one dish that you really like from that one place. Okay. Like, oh man, you should really check out this one dish from. Okay, I know that I am. It is now something that I, off the top, will say that I have had a big abundance of, but the gourmet goober <laughs> is a big fan of uh, poutine. She poutine. I like to go, like when I'm like leaving work, I like to pick up a large base of poutine for her to partake of. She loves it. Um, me personally, I am the most simple person in the world, and if you give me uh, grilled or fried, I guess I shouldn't say fried, but uh, general, like I have had a uh, jerk chicken. Absolutely, like, because uh, there's a there's actually a restaurant, um, like maybe 400 feet from where I work. Oh, that's yeah. called mm. Jerk, and they have they're really good, absolutely excellent um, meat products. Uh, they have festivals which are kind of like hush puppies, but uh, it's on it's in Chicago on Chicago Avenue. But it they have absolutely lovely food. But yeah, I like going to Jerk and getting uh, Jerk wings, but my wife loves poutine a great <laughs> deal. Yeah. Me so, too. I love poutine. I, so if your listeners can send me lots of poutine, that'd be great. <laughs> no, it's embarrassing. We went to Toronto last year and I just ate my way through the whole city. Like, ooh, poutine. And he's like, ah, we have places to go. That sounds like something I would do. That sounds great. <laughs> um, for me, actually, um, I know exactly my answer. Um, there is... Um, I, I work, if you're familiar with Chicago, Chicago has like 77 different neighborhoods and each of them have like their own little vibe. And you could literally mm -hmm. go down the street and cross from one neighborhood to the next. And it's not all deep dish pizza. Yes, it's not all deep dish pizza. So <laughs> I work in um, a section of a, call, a Chicago called Humble Park, but literally just around the corner is the next neighborhood over, which is called Wicker Park. And in Wicker Park, there's this little cafe that's called Milk and Honey. And Cafe Milk and Honey is actually, some people may be familiar with it if you um, have seen um, their granola in the grocery store. Um, they actually did mm. a collaboration with um, celebrity chef Rick Bayless. 
for a no, Mexican-inspired no. granola. Um, so a lot of times people are familiar with Milk and Honey as the granola brand, but not realizing there's an actual cafe behind it. Um, wow. So the cafe is this little nondescript um, breakfast and lunch place in Wicker Park, but off their breakfast menu, they have a few sandwiches. And one of the things they have that I really adore, that I'm way more addicted to than I should admit, is they have their crab cake sandwich. And it's a very simple Ooh. sandwich. Um, two pretty substantial size crab cakes. Um, they have a chipotle um, aioli that they use with it. Um, just simple romaine lettuce. And it's in a French baguette. And wow. you would wow. think, okay, something that basic would not taste good, but it is amazing. And the mm. crab cakes, like I said, they're fairly substantial. They're well seasoned. The breading is just perfect. Um, seriously, I, I eat it more than I maybe should since starting to work in Humble Park. But um, if you have a chance to eat that, it, it is a sublime experience. It's definitely one of the best things that I've had um, in the Wicker Park area, and I recommend it to anybody. It's all about it's all about the simple. If they can pull off just a simple dish, but execute it properly, yes. it should be the most. It should be like the best thing ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one final question, and this is the kicker that I always ask: Have you guys ever eaten spam? Actually, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love spam, and you know what? Oh my god! I, yes. When I was in college, when I was an RA, one of my students that lived on my floor was from Hawaii. And so she introduced me to a lot of spam dishes. Um, <laughs> and so I forget the name of it. Um, it's the simple, it's like, um, you know, it's the spam and the rice and they usually have like seaweed wrapped around it. I can't think of the name now. Please forgive me. I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> it's okay. But um, yes, yeah, sometimes when Big Daddy's not here, but he outlaws not here. I indulge in the spam fries. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm actually a secret lover of spam. <laughs> there you go. So oh, yes, God. yes, I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> He's looking at me now because he didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <completely laughs> He's like, oh, I, I swear, how dare you? I, I didn't know. One. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the fun thing about the podcasting is eventually there are things that come out that we discover about each other. And he's like, Ooh. There you go. See, I'm just here to make sure you guys <laughs> understood each other. <laughs> so I take it that you are a big fan of spam as well? I am a big lover of anything pork, <laughs> but more specifically spam, because um, during the World War, as you probably yes. would know, um, the, the, the troops from the States brought it over with them. Uh, over there in the East Coast, and then we found out about it. We're like, wow, this is amazing. We want more of it. So it became part of my childhood. We we would have spam, I don't know, two, three times a week over rice with some yeah. eggs, scallions, salt and mm. pepper. Yeah, I know. It's delicious. But my wife hates the damn thing. Hates it. <laughs> but I would change her mind someday. But for me, I, I always ask that because not too many people – um, say they've eaten it or know it or love it like like you like spam you and eggs is actually a really great thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had that 
I wish I could make it, but I don't have spam yeah. right now. <laughs> now, guys, this is part of the show. Like, like I mentioned, I, I, I appreciate you guys' time. Thank you for giving me 47 of your no, minutes. No, it's okay. I know we, uh, we kept going. We can keep on going because I can talk about food all day. But if you guys don't mind, can you, uh, can you just, uh, explain to everyone where they can find your show what's the name of the podcast and some links maybe sure um well um again we are the gourmet goober podcast um you can actually find us on apple podcasts tune in radio spotify stitcher podcoin um google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you find a podcast now <laughs> really blessed for mm. that um you can catch it our old um blog, including some of the recipes that we post and some past things that we did at thegourmetgoober.com. Um, and of course, you can catch us on social media. I'm at JJ Outlaw. I'm usually hanging out on Twitter or Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And you're... I am T Outlaw. You can find me on Twitter at T Outlaw. I am. And uh, on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells, like the movie. Um on Instagram, but yeah. yeah. Otherwise, don't come look for me. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a Facebook page, although I'll be honest, I'm more active on Twitter and Instagram. But if you wanted to check it out, it's the Gourmet Google Blog. Right. Now, guys, again, thank you so much. I, I truly appreciate it. We we got to do it again, and actually, I'll ask you guys some deeper, deeper <laughs> food questions to make you guys, you know, regret ever talking to me. But it's gonna be good. I but think, like I mentioned, you reveal my my love of spam. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness! Now the show meals air every Monday. Uh, where I call uh, live in a restaurant where my sous chef and I talk about our week and what happens with our employees when they don't do their damn jobs. And then chef's meals on Thursdays, where you can find people like the gourmet goober and their experiences all together. Guys, again, thank you. I appreciate you both. We definitely need to do this Absolutely. again, but um, with with some more in depth questions, we'll make it like a like a course meal per se. Love it. And then you guys can look into each other's eyes and make faces <laughs> as we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, guys, thank you so much, and we'll catch you in the next one. All right, thanks, Casey.